Listen, we are uh, week six. This is week six of Signs of Life. Um, we're going to jump right into the sixth evidence or proof. Let me just make sure you understand that word, okay? So when we say signs of life, what we mean are, are ways that, well, let's have some real talk, okay? It would be great if we could, if we could come to Christ and our lives could be totally changed, and from that point forward, we would never, ever doubt again whether or not something's happened in our lives. Wouldn't that be great? But I know seasoned Christians, and what I mean by that is like people who've been following Jesus forever, it seems like, even in the Bible, if you read it, you'll find seasoned Christians who struggle, even at times, wondering, I mean, like, is this thing really real, right? And so we're talking about signs of life. These are, we've been talking about signs, things that we can see in our lives that we go, oh, like that would not be there if Jesus hadn't done something. And that's great. So it's not, it's not proof. It's not, it's not things we have to do to earn our salvation. These are things that happen because we've met Jesus. And then it becomes a sign to the people that haven't met Jesus. They look at our lives and go, wow, like I see the way you love one another. You would never do that if something hadn't happened. And we're able to say, well, I know, like we're all Tar Heel fans. That's why we love each other. No, no, of course not. No, see, I almost started a riot just saying that, right? They look at us and go, man, Tar Heel fans and Blue Devil fans are in the same place loving each other. Something must have happened. See, that's the evidence that we give to the world. So we've been talking about these signs of life. I'm not going to recap all of them because we've already done five. You can find all these online. But here, let's just jump into the sixth sign of life. It's in Romans 8, 14. I think we'll have that up on the screen for you. And it simply says this, for those who were led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So this, this um, sixth sign is being led by God. Now there's a lot of things that can lead us. Some are good, some are bad. So before we start to take notes about what it looks like to really be led by the, by the Lord, let's talk about some things that maybe it's not good to be led by. I'm going to go ahead and say fads. Not good to be led by fads. Now, I could pick all kinds of examples. I've gone with one, and if you're here today following this trend, I'm sorry, okay? But I brought some pictures to show you the latest fashion trend that we should not be following. They're rompers for men. I, I, I tried this morning, as a good pastor would, to scan the crowd to see if anybody here was wearing rompers for men, which are now actually called romp hymns because romp hers and now romp hymns, right? You can, have you gone through all three of those pictures? Um, you go and just kind of go through those three pictures. The last picture you're going to see is a man pointing his finger at you, and that is the man who invented rompers for men. And what he's saying is, don't do it. Right? That's what he's saying. Don't, don't buy this. What else should we not be led by? Let's, this is low-hanging fruit, right? We all know this. Um, we should not be led by our emotions. We should not be led by popular opinion. Now, those are, those are important, right? Emotions and popular opinion, they're, they're good indicators, but they're not good leaders, if you've ever done something because it felt right and then all of a sudden you were in a world of trouble, you're like, oh, I should have probably listened to maybe not my feelings. Maybe I should listen to something else, right? So they're good indicators, not the best leaders. 
We need to be led by something a lot more solid than that, something a lot more reliable than fads, emotions, and opinions. And, in, and the sixth sign of life is just that. Because we're alive in Christ, we are led by God. We're led by Yahweh. Like, think this is the difference Jesus made. In the Old Testament, they wouldn't even say the word Yahweh because they were so in awe and afraid of God. And then in the New Testament, Jesus comes, God comes to earth, and he engages with us, at the, and he, he goes to the cross, he pays the penalty for our sins, he rises again, he offers us eternal life, and it changes us so much so that in the passage that we're getting ready to read, Yahweh, which was the name that they would never say, is replaced by another name for God, Abba, which means father, or even more intimately, daddy, papa. I mean, it's a term of intimate relationship. So the difference Jesus makes is we go from never saying the name of God to having an intimate title for our Father. It's amazing. That's the sign is that we were left alone as orphans, and now that God has adopted us, he doesn't leave us alone anymore. It's just a five-word big idea, okay? If you write down big ideas, only five words. This is so easy, okay? When God loves, God leads. When God loves, God leads. Leads And a sign of life in our lives is that we are led by God. Now, before we even go any further, let's just admit that there are people in our lives who love us and don't lead us well. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about God, right? When God loves, he leads. And that would be always because God always loves. So I want us to read Romans 8. Verses 9 through 17, if you've got your Bibles, you'll hear our verse again, verse 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And then I'll give you three observations about what we're getting ready to read, okay? So here we go. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 17. Somewhere in here it will say, do not wear rompers for men. I'm sure of it. Here we go. Paul writes this, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, that would be Christians, right? Because the Spirit of God is within us. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Um, time out real quick. This is a verse that the older I get, the more I quote it every single morning. Right? Okay, God, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to get me out of this bed. Right? He's going to give life to this mortal body. I'm going to stretch and it's going to be better. Right? His, his, the same spirit that blew that tombstone away is in your body if you're a believer. And that's amazing promise. He will give life to your bodies. Verse 12, therefore, brothers and sisters, because of all that, because we have the Spirit living in us, because we have been brought from death to life, therefore, here's what should happen. We have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Here's our verse. For those who were led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Of God. The spirit who receive, you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. When God loves, God leads. Here's three observations about what it means to be led by the Spirit, okay? Here's number one. Sons are led, slaves are dragged. Now, I checked with Parker because he's brilliant about what the right tense of the word drag would be here, because I wanted to say drugged, and I wasn't sure if that was right, and he said it was dragged, and so I'm going with it. Teachers in the house, am I right? No, Parker was right. Parker was right. Yes, exactly. So sons are led, slaves are dragged. Now, let me just explain to you. I know that the word slave is a loaded word in our culture. I'm not using it for any other reason than it's in our text, okay? What we just read said that we were slaves, and now we've been brought in as sons. What I want you to see is that sons are led. The, the, the word for led, here's what it means, to take, one, to take with one, to bring to the point of destination, to lead with oneself, to God direct, lead through. Let me just bull, bottom line it for you. God does not point. He pursues. He doesn't say, go do that. He leads us. Sons are led. Slaves are dragged. When you're a slave, you're just a possession. So being, being dragged is about being possessed. But sonship, being led, is about permission. I mean, let's be honest, parents. Well, at a certain age, can't you make your kids do anything you want? I mean, when they get to be, like, when you're looking eye to eye, it's a little harder might require other things, but when they're a certain size, you can make your kids do what you want them to. God's a big God. He can move you for sure, but he wants to lead you. God's heart as a father is to lead. Leadership happens in relationship. If we're to be led, we've got to be willing participants in the process. That's why Paul points out that we're no longer slaves. We're children of God. We have an Abba a daddy, a papa, a father. And so while he could make us do things, that's not what he wants. I was thinking about like extending your hand. Like so God's God, right? He doesn't extend his hand to push us. He extends his hand to invite us. He wants to take your hand and he wants to lead you because you're his son, you're his daughter. We're led as children by the best father. And we'd be wise to place our hands in his. And here's why, the second point. Here's why it's so important to put your hand in the hand of your father, your Abba Father. Because when we are led by the right person, we'll be led to the right places. If you've got the wrong leader, more than likely you're going to end up in the wrong place. More than likely. When... um. It's been a while back, but uh, Phil and I went on a road trip to Joplin, Missouri with another friend of ours, and we were going to look at um, like a youth center out there. And so one of the nights we had free, and we decided it'd be fun to go bowling. I mean, just picture me and Phil bowling in Joplin, Missouri. That's fun right there. So we thought, well, we'll go bowling. So we got out, uh, the car that we rented had a TomTom, so we just put in the TomTom like bowling near us or whatever you, back in the day, whatever you would put. Now you just like say it, but... So we got, we got the, the place, um, it was, and we start driving to it, we're following directions, and it was called Lana Bowling, and we were like, 
weird name, but we'll go with it, right? So, you know, what, the whole time we're like, what is Lana bowling, right? Like, you know, they have the night bowling where they do like the, 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 the black lights, and that's cool, and all kinds of weird bowling things you can do, but I'd never heard of Lana bowling. We thought maybe they mean lava bowling. It's going to be super hot. I don't know what it is, but we, we keep driving and driving, and eventually the GPS says that your destination is on the left, and we stopped the car and looked, and it was a house. Guys, you, you think you think Lana Bowling is the alley's in the basement? So we like rerouted, you know, and kept driving off, trying to, and we came back again. Like she kept bringing us back to this house, and then we realized it was Lana Bowling's house. So we didn't go in, right? That would have been super weird. When you have the wrong leader, you're going to end up in the wrong place, and that's funny, right? But you know, like six months ago, two Italian tourists were in Rio trying to go see the Christ Redeemer statue, and their GPS led them into the most dangerous favela in Rio. When Wendy and I were there, our very first mission trip, the exact same place, we went to all these favelas to share Christ, except for that one, and our missionary said, never go to that favela. And we were like, why not? And he says, because you'll die. And I was like, oh, Jesus loves me. He'll protect me. He's like, I'm serious. Don't go. Nobody goes in there and comes out. And the GPS for these two Italian tourists led them into that favela. The man got shot in the head and killed just because he was there. Man, listen, if you have the wrong leader, you can end up in the wrong places. But if you have the right leader, if, you, if you're led by the right person, we'll be led to the right places. Here's a couple verses for you. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. It's all about who's leading you, right? Matthew 15, 16, Jesus said this. Jesus talking, so I'm pretty sure it's true, right? Jesus says this. If the blind lead the blind, it's all going to go great. That's not what he said, right? He said if the blind lead the blind, they're both going to end up in the pit. But when we're led by the right person, We'll be led to the right places. It doesn't mean, and this is very important, okay, American Christians, look at me. If we follow the right person, God, we will be led to the right places. That does not mean that every stop along the way feels right or is enjoyable. It just means that we can trust him to get us to the final destination, which is always the right place. That's really important for you to remember because let me just give you some examples from Scripture of places that the Spirit of God led the people of God, okay? You ready? We'll start with Jesus, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. If you look up Luke chapter 4, verse 1, you'll read a really interesting verse. It says this, and then the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the boogeyman. Right? Forty days in a desert with Satan. Now, I know that if I, if I pitched a community group with that title, 40 days in a desert with Satan, right? You'd be like, somebody hit, what is wrong with Paul? What is he even thinking? There's no way God's behind it. But right here in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says very clearly, not only was Jesus in the desert with Satan, but the Spirit of God led him there. Sometimes he leads us places that are not comfortable. They're not enjoyable. There are stops along the way. Daniel chapter 3, we won't read the whole chapter, but Daniel chapter 3, you've heard of these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or the VeggieTale version, Rack, Shack, and 
Benny. Okay, the three VeggieTale fans. Woo, way to come through on that one. These three Hebrew men who were told by the king, bow down and worship the statue. If not, I'm going to throw you in this furnace full of fire. They didn't, they didn't bow. They said, hey, God's going to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, you're a really poor substitute for God. So we're not going to bow. And they got thrown into the fire. They were led there. They were led there. 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you went to Sunday school when you were a child, you saw this, heard this story a lot. David fought Goliath, right? Who led David into the fight with Goliath? God. He leads us places that don't feel right along the way to the place that's right. This is not an enjoyable statement, but I'll, I'll try to do my, my best preacher voice, right? Sometimes, God's got to lead you through to get you to, right? Sometimes he has to lead us through things to get us to things. But we can trust him. When he's the right leader, we can trust him. We can give him our hand, and we can trust him to take us even through hard places in order to get us to the right place. Some of the right places. Psalm 23.2 just shows the kindness of God. He says, he leads me beside still waters. I mean, how many of you love still waters? You're like, I don't even know what it means, but it sounds cold. Yes, I'm in, right? I mean, just still waters. It's just when everything's going crazy around your life. If you've just had those moments when it's just raging all around you, and then at some point you're just like, oh, why am I, I'm just able to relax. Those are still waters. Man, God leads us to those places. I love that. He leads us to future and greater glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, and it's the Spirit who is leading us. And he's leading you to greater and future glory. I love that. And even though it may not always seem like it, it may not always look like it, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says that he's leading us in triumph. Listen to what, listen what Paul says. But thanks be to God who always, how often? That was a no-brainer. Come on, like I was the teacher setting you up to make an A. And you were still like, always. But thanks be to God who always always leads us in triumph, always. Now listen, he's leading you to triumph, right? Which means sometimes through things that don't feel like we're winning, but he's leading us to triumph, always. How many times? Always, always. Here's number three. When we're led... The only thing that matters is staying close to the leader. Now, I know you're not supposed to use words like always, never, only, but I did. See how I did that? And I believe this is true. And I know there's other things that matter, but the only thing that really matters when you're being led is that you stay close to the leader. So if being led is a sign of life, can I just encourage you to follow 
like your life depends on it. I mean, stay close to Jesus like a country boy following a car in New York City traffic, right? Like if I lose this car that I'm following, I am going to be lost. I have no idea where I am. And so he, if you were following in New York City traffic and you had no idea where you were going and all you knew was somebody said to you, listen, if you want to get where you're going, don't lose that car. I mean, I know how I'm driving, Gripping that steering wheel, white knuckles. I'm sitting up. I mean, I look like the old person driving. Right? I'm up over the wheel looking. Ten and two, right? I'm not sitting back. I'm up on the wheel. I'm looking around. I might not even check my blind spot because if, if he goes left lane, I'm going left lane. Sorry, guys. People beeping behind me. I don't care. I'm just waving, right? Every now and then losing fingers as I do it. I'm just waving, right? I'm following that car. The only thing that matters in my life at that moment is follow that car. Be that kind of person when you're led by the Spirit. Man, whatever it takes, follow Jesus. Whatever it takes, stay in touch with Jesus. Galatians 5, 25 says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step is a Greek term, and it means this, follow like a soldier. Okay, it's hard for us to relate to that. Follow like a kid who wants to win at follow the leader, right? I mean, did you play that game when you were a kid? Did you ever play as the leader and just do funny random things to see if they would do it? Like pick your nose? No? I'm the only one? Just got really awkward for me. Man, like... Follow Jesus like that. Like I'm watching him always to see what he does next so that I can do the exact same thing. Paul said, if you want to live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Be a good soldier. Fall in line. Watch what he does. If if he goes left, you go left. If he raises his hand, raise your hand. If he turns around, turn around. But make sure you're following him. Stay close to the leader. How do we do that? We do that in the ways that when I say the words, you're going to roll your eyes because we say it all the time. And when you're growing up in your faith, you want to believe that there might be something more magical than the things I'm going to say. But these are the things that keep you in step with the Spirit. They're called prayer, worship, community, reading the Bible. These are the things that help us stay in step. And I can tell you this. I know all of us get ADHD whenever we start talking about spiritual disciplines, right? We're like, "Ah, I'm just tired of it. I'm going to try something new, like watch TV and see if Jesus speaks to me. Sweet. Let me know how that works out, right? And because he loves you, he might. He might jump out of that tube and say something to you. But when it all comes down to it, I can only speak for my life. The times that I have felt the closest to the Lord, not because I'm earning it, but because these things keep me in touch with him. The times that I feel the closest to him are when those elements are in my life consistently. And the times when I don't feel close to him are when they're not. You can't really substitute those. John 16, 13. 
Jesus is talking. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth, and that's the spirit that's leading us, remember? For those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will lead you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. And How does he speak? How does he lead us into all truth? Well, he starts here, right? Because this is truth. Like, ah, it's the Bible. Like, I don't even understand it. Well, get one you can understand. There are all kinds. The NIV, the NLT, the BLT, my favorite. That's a sandwich. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about BLT sandwiches. Get the message. Get, a, get, a, get, get a something you can read that you can understand. God could speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through his word. Well, okay, I don't have a plan. I'm going to give you a plan. Jot this down. You'll like this. Most months have 31 days. Proverbs has 31 chapters. There you go. There's your plan. Today is the 23rd, which means today before you go to bed, you're going to open up the Bible and read Proverbs 23. It's going to take you about five minutes to read it. Most Proverbs take about five minutes to read. Not the little Proverbs, but the chapter full of Proverbs. Unless you read really slow, and then that little Proverb might take you five minutes. It's still worth it. If you did that, if you simply did that, nothing else, a year from today, you would have read through the book of Proverbs 12 times. You're telling me you wouldn't be smarter, wiser, closer to Jesus a year from now if you did that every single day. Just five minutes, just reading Proverbs, which usually we really need. And if you just simply found one proverb every day that spoke to you and you highlighted that thing, you would be in a different place a year from today than you are now. You would be closer to that car in the New York City traffic. You would be up on the wheel. You would be leaned in listening to what the Spirit's saying. And you would find yourself being led by God. It's easier, listen, to be led by God when you've been fed by God. And that's what the Word does. Man, He, he fills us. He feeds us. And when He feeds us, He can lead us. It's impossible to feel close to someone when you only think about them once or twice a month. Now, I'm just going pastoral on you, okay? Blows my mind. It is just a sign of our culture. But, like, normal attendance in church for people that really love church and really love Jesus is two times a month. And, and I'm okay with that if those six days of the week you're hanging out with Jesus, right? Because life and work and all that, I get it. But, man... If you're like I was when I was growing up and I didn't spend any time with Jesus except in church, then that means two times a month you're listening to him. And I don't know how you are in your personal relationships, but if I'm only having a one-hour conversation with Wendy two times a month, I don't think our marriage is going to go well. I don't think a friendship is going to go well. I mean, fill your life with God's word. Fill your life with worship, with prayer. Don't wait till Sunday for that. Come on Sundays already full of that, right? Changes everything. When we're led, the only thing that matters is staying close to the leader. 
So uh, what, what could this look like? If we were led like this by the Spirit, what could this look like? And I'm sure there's all kinds of stories. Let me just share with you a very real story that happened this past week. I love this. This is what it looks like when you're led by the Spirit of God, okay? So Friday night, we're doing Popsicles in Prayer. I know you've heard about it. We've put it on Facebook. We've sent it out through the church app. Popsicles in Prayer is a super, super, super spiritual ministry that we have in our church um, every Friday night in July, and what we do is we fast for hours to get ready. Kidding. No, we show up um, in the parking lot at 6 o'clock on a Friday night, already sweating because it is unbelievably hot in Albemarle right now, and we just put those popsicles in a cooler and stick them in a cart, and we pull the cart. It's just sounding spiritual enough. We pull that cart around the city, and we see people that look hot, and we say, want a popsicle? And usually they say, only one, right? And then we say, hey, we're just from the gathering. We're just handing out popsicles because it's like Hades here and we're really hot and you're hot. And you look, you need it. And is there anything we can pray with you about? And um, we've had all kinds of great responses. The first night, uh, Cody, Cody, here he is right here. Shout out to Cody. <laughs> Cody's on this guy. And he's like, hey, um, can I pray for you? And the guy's like, I'm good. I'm Methodist. I was raised Methodist. I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I think you need to pray when you're Methodist too, right? It was just it's funny. It's just funny the conversations you have when you give somebody a popsicle and then you ask if you can pray. You just never know what you're going to hear. So this past Friday night, um, it was just one of those days, and I got home in time to wolf down a hamburger and change my shirt, but I didn't change my pants. So I show up. It's, um, I don't know what degrees it was Friday night, 300, something like that. Um, I show up, and everybody's in the parking lot with T-shirts and shorts, and I've got jeans on and my gathering shirt because you want to wear your gathering shirt because, you know, you don't want – I mean, it's a little creepy just to show up, hey, kid, want a popsicle? You know, so you want to make sure you're representing, right? So I've got my jeans on. The whole time, I'm just kicking myself. Why? God, I mean, how, like, how much longer could it have taken to change my shorts? And, you know, anyway, but I'm so hot, and we're walk- not in a good way, just – actually hot. So, I mean, I could also, anyway, let's move on. So we're going around doing our normal thing. And the great thing about popsicles and prayer is that it's a great chance for the Lord to do what we just talked about. That when you're close to him, and, and I promise you, I'm close to him when I, we don't take the time in the parking lot to repent and sackcloth and ashes and make sure we're right with Jesus before he leads us. We're ready for him to lead us. See what I'm saying? So you just kind of show up, you grab that thing, you just start walking around. We kind of have a general idea where we're going. If you did the 200K thing with us, it's, it's mostly that, that same area. But this time, as we're, we've had some great conversations, we're over in Amherst, it's just a blast. Anyway, you should come. So... We're walking back, and Bridget is uh, like, I think we should go this way, which is not the way that we normally go. And I was like, really hot. I've got jeans on. I'm thinking this in my head. But what I said to her was, great. You know, so I grabbed that thing, and we start, we start pulling up Fifth Street. And almost to the top of Fifth Street, there was a, a lady um, out, out in her front yard, and she's hosing down her sidewalk, and she's, I don't know, I don't know how she was, but I'm going to go with 60-ish. Is that looking for heads to nod, but whatever. Um, she wasn't three. So she stopped squirting, and she looked at us, and she said, um, what are you doing? And I said, oh, we're, we're handing out popsicles. You want a popsicle? And she looked at me like, um, sure, but I'm, do you think it's hot? No, 
I said, yeah, it's, it's hot. She said, well, I'm, I'm going to mow my grass in just a minute. And it just, do you think it's too hot to mow your grass? And I said, well, without a popsicle for sure, right? So come get your popsicle. And she came down. We gave her a popsicle. And I said, you know, it's crazy, but, like, we're here. Look at all these guys. Like, why don't you just show me where your mower is and get us a weed eater, and we'll knock it out for you. And she went, well, I don't mind doing it. I know, but we don't mind either. Really? You would do that? Absolutely. So we start walking back with her, and she gets all that stuff out. I crank up. I'm getting her to crank up the lawnmower. And she looked at me, and she said, now, is this free labor? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll pay you in popsicles to mow your yard, right? And so we, we mow her. I mow her grass. And, you know, I don't know. It took 10, 15 minutes. But somewhere at the back corner of her lot, as I'm walking through what was, it reminded me of our yard because it was not a lot of grass and a lot of acorns. But walking through, and those acorns are coming out the bottom of that mower like, you know, like shrapnel, you know. <laughs> and it dawned on me, these aren't hurting my legs because I've got on blue jeans. Now listen, I didn't put a lot of prayer into what to wear, the popsicles, obviously, because if I had, I would have worn shorts. But I was close to a snort there. just cracked myself up. Um, but the point here is I don't want you walking out of here going, you got to be super spiritual. And if you're super spiritual, then God will always tell you what to do. What I'm telling you is take his hand. If you hold his hand, he will lead you where he wants you to go. And he will lead you to people that he wants you to meet. And before the night's over, you're going to meet a sweet lady named Bernice who's never going to forget, not because she told us, but because she told Craig when we left, she'll never forget her words that there are still people like this in the world. Just because our heart is to be led by him. And we don't have to worry about it because I know that I'm loved by him. And when God loves, God leads. The only question is, are you willing to be a willing participant and just put your hand in his and fill yourself with the word of God and fill yourself with worship, not on Sunday. This is the day that we get to celebrate all that he did the other six days of the week. But just be in a position where he can take you to the right places. Or are you right now being led by the wrong leaders? Are you being led by emotion? Are you being led by popular opinion? Well, I would do this. I think that's right, but what would my friends think? What would my family think? What would it cost me? And what I want to challenge you with is it really doesn't require a lot on your part. It's not like we have to work up this big effort in order to be led by God. We just simply have to accept the fact that he loves us. Man, he loves you. He loves you. And if you're his child, one of the signs of life is that those who are children of God are led by God. And if you just accept that truth this week, I can guarantee you that if you came back next Sunday, I could give you the microphone and you would tell me a story just like the one I told you. Because he leads the ones he loves. And he will always lead them to places full of people who need his love. Always. Always. Always.